it's like you will miss out on Sunday brunch if you wrong me. Yeah. Which is honestly a punishment much worse. Because <laughs> like I'm not gonna make my own eggs Benedict. Do you know how much work that takes? Honestly, it is not worth it. Yeah, I'd rather have just the dick part. <laughs> eggs Benedict in my ass. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hi everyone, and welcome to Chips in the Night, the punny gay slumber party you never had but wish you did. I'm Josh. Remember Bob the Tomato from Veggie Tales? I'm her now. Feel old yet? <gasps> You are that girl I knew you were. <laughs> and I'm Andrew. Is that a crucifix in your robe? Or are you just happy to see me? Ooh. <laughs> Too soon? Damn. Too soon? Hey, Josh, I have a question. What are we drinking tonight? Okay, so I'm going to describe what we're drinking, and then I'm going to tell you why I chose it. Mm-hmm. So we are drinking a wine made from the grape uh, Negro Amaro, which is um, Italian. Um, it's... Uh, Negro Amaro makes up 14% of the grapes grown in Puglia, which is um, the heel of Italy. Mm. And um, basically, it's a very uh, versatile wine because, uh, you know, it's really good at um, resisting a lot of uh, things like drought, for example. Um, And it, like, is consistent and reliable. Um, That does not sound like a verse to me. (laughs) (laughs) And, yeah, and it's, like, nice and easy and soft. But um, apparently this grape is one of Pope Francis's favorites. It's delicious. It tastes... Um, yeah, it's like soft. It's like not super rough. It's like full of these like kind of black fruits. Um, a little bit of that earthy tone. So it's like not super fruity, but I like... Is this just me as a wine? Like everything you've said, except for the like full of black fruits. <laughs> uh, that's all very like... It's very Oliver and Brand. There you go. I am a what is this? Puglia, P- Pygmalion. I'm a Pygmalion. <laughs> I think I'm pronouncing it right. See that 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 quiz we did a couple uh, weeks ago is shook. The yeah. What wine are you? Exactly. I should just spend. I should charge people to spend like half an hour with them and be like, okay, this is what wine you are. I feel like people would definitely pay money for that. Yeah. And by people, I mean white women in the arena. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or gay men. <laughs> or gay men anywhere. Yeah, yeah. there's that. There's a there's a overlap. There's there. a Venn diagram, exactly. and it's and around it's like paying money for silly things. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> um, so I mean, all that to say, this is the wine that we are pairing today with, um, with our our talk about religion. Yeah, it's Easter Sunday. Well, not today, but it was recently. But it will have been. It will have been. I don't it... know my tenses. <laughs> Um, well, I mean, first, I kind of want to say, like, this is not a episode that where we're, like, discussing religion necessarily as a whole, but more so our experiences and yeah. how it's, like, shaped us and um, the stories that have come out of it. We both grew up as some denomination mm-hmm. of Christian. You're a white person from the Midwest. I'm a Filipino person from Vancouver, Canada. Mm-hmm. And we both kind of dipped our toes in Christianity. So, like, what is your, like, cliff notes of, like, how you grew up and, like, what yeah. you identify as now? Um, so yeah, growing up, I was evangelical. That's like sort of the broad category of Christianity um, in the Midwest. The specific denomination is called Foursquare. And to be honest, I don't remember exactly what that means. I think it has something like an app. It, it, I think it has something to do with an app about location-based services. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The Lord will come to you. I don't know. Accept, decline. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It was Jesus is like these four things, and they belong in these like four squares. Um, oh. I don't... Was it like Firebender, Earthbender? It was, that, yeah. it was Avatar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm an Avatar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, it was Foursquare. And it was like... Uh, I do remember... Foursquare. Sorry. Oh, none of that in my church. 
all very white. Um, the so like obviously in as part of the process of growing up in that religion, you have to go through the like confirmation or like I feel like every religion has some sort of formal stage where your young people have to like learn the ins and outs of their religion and like decide if they want to continue with it. Um, so I'm sure at some point I did learn what the four squares mean. Um, I don't remember any of that, but I do remember that the religion was founded by this like fabulous flapper, like LA woman, Amy Semple McPherson, which is just, just a great name. That sounds like a drag name. Right? I'm not convinced she wasn't a drag queen. <laughs> Cause like, first of all, starting a religion, gay. Yeah. Yeah. Please. Um, being a flapper in the twenties, gay. <laughs> Honestly, like all of this is gay culture. <laughs> Amy, you are not fooling anyone. Well, I mean, you did fool a lot of people. Actually. She's like sitting there as a ghost, being like, "They cracked the code." They cracked the code. It was it was there the whole time. Yeah, um, the four squares are just like various bottles of poppers. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so I don't remember anything. I didn't do any research on her because, like, I value my time, and yeah. I would rather do research on other things. That's the but... thing. It's like I was like look, reading up on the Pope. I'm like, do I really care that much yeah. to maintain this information? But yeah, we have limited time on this earth. I don't want to waste it reading Wikipedia articles. I've already skimmed at some point. So um, it so... sounds like also like a niche thing of Christianity. It is. It's a very small. I mean, I don't know. It's like I'm sure there's like. X number of people. I have no idea. Like, it's more than, like, 25, but it's not It's not one of those big, like, mainstream, like, it was very underground, very edgy, very hipster. Right. Um, it's the hipster of religions. Um, but it's, it's basically evangelical. Like, they're all... It's the Napster of religions. It's, <laughs> exactly. It's the Napster of religions, and that it shouldn't exist anymore. <laughs> uh, it's a fine religion. And I do want to say, like, obviously, Josh and I have our own unique experiences with, with religion, but this is not a hate-nor-love religion podcast right. it's more of just like our experiences and at this current moment i am not really religiously identified i would be like agnostic atheist whatever um <clears throat> i feel like for a while i was like not a militant atheist but definitely more like oh yeah i'm so right and you're so wrong Blah. like richard dawkins very just like yeah. um at this point i'm like again i have limited time on this earth i don't want to waste it in that you know, there's so many other things I would much rather be doing than arguing with people on the internet. Yeah. Richard. So we were, like, discussing this before about, like, uh, this particular relative. Like, every time you, like, said Merry Christmas or, like, she would be like, what? Like, she would be so offended yeah. if you said Merry Christmas to her. I do kind of love that. It's, like, the ridiculous, like, <laughs> or when people pretend not to know, like, oh, what's Christmas? I've never heard of that yeah, before. It's like, yeah. girl, you're from Toronto. Well, that's like, the thing. It's, like, this person was, like, a... PhD, like... Does she not wonder why classes were canceled every winter? Exactly. Well, that's the thing. It's like, you clearly know what Christmas... Like, don't pretend that you're dumbfounded by the concept of Christmas. Like, you know what Christmas is. Exactly. For me, so, like, obviously, like, coming out of religion was a long process, and it took, like, many years of, like, unlearning and relearning all of that. The only moment I remember being, like, consciously sort of deciding this is the path I want to go on, I was actually in a course on religion at my, like, Lutheran undergrad um, school, and the the professor was talking about some of the ways that like theologians have understood religion over the years and how things have changed. And I remember there being a moment in the class of realizing like they were wrong a hundred years ago, and they were wrong a hundred years before that, and they were wrong a hundred years before that. So why do I think they're right now? Like if religion is constantly being reinvented, it's constantly being reinterpreted. If like these texts are constantly being like looked at and understood differently then, like, there's zero reason to trust the people who are stating authoritatively now. Like, I have the correct interpretation. Right. Like, you can categorically say they're wrong because there is 0% chance they would be right. Like, why, of all the interpretations of these texts, of religion, of whatever, why would they be right now? Yeah. These people aren't even smart. 
Yeah. So that was like the moment for me where I was like, okay, I can walk away from this. Okay, nice. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sure that's like that's not the only reason why you walked away from it. I mean, like it's also... the gay hating was the big part <laughs> right. Of it. But yeah. I mean, it's 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 um it it's. I, I guess a I don't want to say a unique experience but it's a um, it's an interesting experience to you know have taken a class and be mm-hmm. able to analyze it in that context and decide oh no this isn't for me yeah goodbye and I think part of that was like immediately after that I started to be able to like reflect a little bit more and you know understand that that is a very unique opportunity to have yeah. and so not everyone's going to have that and so I also understand the value and like the need to have that like identity and that community and that like meaning I would not begrudge somebody that I would begrudge somebody using their religion to like hurt people or like you know pass policies that like negatively affect folks like absolutely but like the person who just goes to church because they're lonely like go for it right like, that, that's the thing th- does not bother me it's like for me and having experience going to church every Sunday for a long period of time it, I guess it's the nice segue into like my experience with religion yeah. so my dad I, I don't know what i really want to know what the tea was because it's like a large proportion of filipinos are catholic mm-hmm. but for some reason my dad's side of the family was protestant interesting uh, my mom's side of the family is catholic but she kind of converted um to a more um a softer i don't want to say by softer i mean like less ritualistic and kind of mm-hmm. like a more um open in a more modern sense of christianity um so she converted to um my dad's style um his side of the family of christianity and um so she went to protestant yeah wow that's a big shift yeah totally and and being a filipino protestant and in canada was a weird subtly unique experience because most filipinos like they because of colonization Mm -hmm. you know catholicism became such a huge thing across the country and in the diaspora um, and a lot of people, of course, ended up in the U.S. So, like, being kind of, like, two shades of adjacent from, like, mm-hmm. what is the mainstream Filipino um, of the next generation was kind of, like, interesting. Yeah. Um, a lot of uh, Filipinos kind of are able to identify with, like, so many Catholic rituals. And I, I had none of that. Mm. Um, which is to say, like, it's not that I wanted it, but it's, like, it's interesting that it's, like, another way of, like, being othered by mm-hmm. the group of Filipinos. Um, and not being able to kind of connect with that part of the culture. I mean, okay, so t- to backtrack here, right now I identify as kind of like the same as you. Like, I'm basically, I don't know what it is. Like, I'm not any particular identification, like atheist, agnostic, whatever. It's just like, I want you to be able to believe what you believe in as long as you don't hurt other people and as long as it doesn't, like, interfere with humanity. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Uh, for me, I'm there could be a god. There might not be a god. I don't necessarily identify as, any, as anything. And it's like, growing up religious, you still subconsciously dip into these moments where I'm like, oh god, please don't do this to me today. Yeah. Even though I don't go to church or I don't read the Bible or believe in these things, I find myself dipping back into that moment. And that's kind of like the thing that... I slightly, I don't want to say resent, but like, even though I am no longer religious, mm-hmm. I still, like, we still go back to that moment. Yeah. We still go through those moments. Yeah, I remember, like, especially as I started coming out of religion and sort of, like, unlearning things, having moments where I would have this fear that, like, oh, I'm going to somehow, like, trip and fall back into religion. And I don't know, like, what I'm going to trip on that would do that. But I definitely have that as a fear that, like, because I would still have those moments of, you know, it's crises and I immediately think, like, I better pray. Yeah. Got to pray on it. Totally. Um, But I also think it's the same way of, like, 
you grow up speaking English, and so, like, you you continue to think in English until you learn another language. Yeah. It's the same thing with, like, lots of things you learn as a kid. Like, I think this is also true of, like, you learn racism as a kid. And, like, you continue to learn racism until you unlearn it, until yeah. you learn anti-racism. Mm-hmm. Or you, like, you learn capitalism and you continue to speak it until you, like, learn socialism is, socialism is the way, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Why did I say that so weird? <laughs> <laughs> Let's edit all of that out. No, um, but I totally agree. Um, yeah. But religion is, is very much like a language that you just continue to speak. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Did you ever try to pray the gay away? Oh, fully, yeah. yeah. It did not work. every night. Yeah, no, for real. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Spoiler um, alert. Despite what you may think after listening to our last podcast about how homophobic we are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, that, that didn't work at all. Um, yeah. I'm so glad it didn't. Yeah. Ugh, can you imagine? I remember, it, I just like felt so desperate, just mm-hmm. like being a, a high schooler, being like, I don't want to do that. Like... And the thing is, is like, I also was not confident in myself. I'm like, I don't fit into what I'm seeing, mm-hmm. uh, what the images of gay are. And it's yeah. like, please, I don't like fit in. I don't want this. I want to go to heaven. You know, those things. And it was just like, looking back at it, it was just like so depressing. Okay, so let's let's make this a little bit more fun. Like, do you have any like fun stories about like you um, in religion and um, how it's affected you today or like fun things Maybe not funds or wrong, but like, you know, things that you remember from the past that you're like, either, ooh, or oh, or... Hmm. One thing that like, it's not like a fond memory, it's just like, I... The fucking VeggieTales theme song? It pops in my head at the most random ass time. Thank you. Okay, you cannot talk about, oh. like, the indoctrination that happened. Yes! These memories are so... It's like, we're gonna bleep all this out because we don't want to, like, spread the virus. But like... <laughs> Yeah, VeggieTales. Yeah, that, like that specific theme song. It was such a major part of my childhood. Same. That one, and then, like, their specific, like, did you listen to... Okay, so in my church, the all of the songs were basically from Hillsong in Australia. Oh, my God. <sighs> we, okay, so we... They still are in my head. They, same. Yeah. I really hate how I know so many of these songs. Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes I will... So we also had, um, along with, like, church on Sundays, we had something on Friday nights called Kids Club, and it was basically, like... Um, I guess a thing for kids to go to and we would it was like basically an abridged version of church we would still have worship we would split up into classes we would have like fun like we would have bible drills did you have bible drills we definitely did have I, I won my bible drills I oh, was very yeah. good yeah so like for for those who don't know what that is it's basically everybody was given a bible and then the host would read out a bible verse like John 316 or whatever yeah and basically you would compete to see who could get to that verse first and like stand up or like put up your hand verse first verse first walk into the room <laughs> we're gonna get by bob we are ma- <laughs> making religion gay if it isn't already uh but yeah, yeah then if you read it at first you would get like um like a snickers like a halloween or candy or yeah. something and um yeah that's that's what it was and it's it, it's just like funny looking back at it just like how competitive we were and how like mm-hmm. I do love that, like, the shade of prayer requests. Being like, I just really want to pray for Josh because I know he's he's had a really tough few weeks. He's been going through X, Y, Z, and it's just, like, just putting on, putting them on blast. Yeah. He's I really struggling that. with his homosexuality. That's why yeah. I really want to, like, go back to church and pretend, like, for one week, like, guest spot. You know what I mean? And, like, uh, just, like, talk to guest everybody. Guest judge this week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and be like, oh, I really want to thank everybody for, like, praying for me while I was, like... Living in getting sin. slammed, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> Just like <laughs> making like everything look bad. I yeah. I would love that so much. But. I feel like you can do that in the context of like if you're doing it in religion and it's like, oh, like I'm I'm 
confessing my sins. And let me get very explicit in the details. Yes. Because I feel like as a teen, we would go to these things sometimes where it's like, oh, so-and-so like smoked a weed once, and now they're here to talk about why you should give your life over to Jesus and never do drugs. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to like deep details of like, oh, yeah, I was like living on the streets. I had no money. I was trading my body for a high. And they're like, you know, they had two beers. And that was like the reality. But they made it into this whole big like, oh, my God, I had such a rough life. And you will too if you don't chip in $15 to this campaign okay. and also like read your Bible. Um, so like, maybe this is a religion hate podcast after all. <laughs> <laughs> we can do that because we're from there. Yeah. yeah. yeah well, I mean, it's it's true. We've like experienced it. Yeah. I think um, one of my um, pet peeves is like people who have kind of never grown up religious and they are on this anti-religion crusade, mm-hmm. but it has never shaped them yeah. in any way. Um, and so I think we both have unique experiences where we're basically allowed to criticize mm-hmm. the good parts and bad parts of what we've experienced. So, I mean, we all, we've obviously talked about some of the negative aspects of religion and there are many, I mean, we haven't even gotten to like the, the worst ones, but um, what about like fun memories? Do you have any fun memories of like growing up religious or like being in the religious communities? Yeah, I mean, I feel like we don't really talk about it enough. Um, that being said, like some of my, I I can't believe I'm only realizing this now, but it's like the pageantry of like every mm. um, Easter season or every yes. Christmas season of like we would always like spend 12 weeks like rehearsing for like the Christmas play. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it would be, Oh God, I don't know if anybody relates to this, but it was like salty, the Bible or whatever. Like, yes. Salty, P-S-A-L-T-Y. And it's like this like creepy talking blue book. Yeah. Um, with like a sister named Melody and Harmony or whatever. And it was just like, Oh my God, it was, um, I love the pageantry of like, you know, singing and playing and like the choreography and like memorizing the lines and stuff. Like I loved that shit, but like looking back at it, I'm like, oh my God, like yikes. So gay. It's so, it's very gay. Yeah. Oh my God. It's so gay. I feel like there's so many aspects of the religion that like are clearly gay. Yes. But because they're religious, you don't like, oh, it's just fine. (laughs) That, okay. Just going to go on a different tangent here. Mm -hmm. Have you ever somebody or has somebody ever f***ed you who is part of the congregation I need to talk to my lawyer before I answer these questions the church has f***ed us but have you f***ed yeah. the church for have me I you f***ed a few priests yes mm-hmm. well I mean I I need to like look back at like exactly who what when where why mm-hmm. um can you get one of each like one from every religion yeah exactly so it was nobody part of like my congregation back home because I live in San Francisco now um but because we are super open here I feel like there are denominations that of Christianity that are much more open and more mm-hmm. accepting of different types of people. So, of yeah, my like dating fully history, gay like denominations like <laughs> MCC, like Metropolitan Community Community Church. They're like, oh yeah, we're just all gay. Yeah, and then you think, have to come out as straight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then it's a full. I think that's their tagline. We're all gay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're all gay here. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I ended up hooking up with one person who had a gorgeous house. I really wanted to steal something. I didn't. Because you go to hell. <laughs> Uh, but, um, it was a really nice house and he had a bidet. I don't know why I have to point that out. But he you should have stolen something because he has to forgive you. Oh, there we go. I don't want to say his name, but, um, he was not like a priest priest, but he was like something like, like part of the church that hypes people up, you yeah. know, like it was the hype like, man. <laughs> yeah, he was the hype man of the yeah. church. <laughs> but like, I remember him distinctly because it was like one of the moments where like I went home and I felt like I didn't need to shower. 
Wow. Because the place was just like water. immaculate and nice, and he had a bidet. Didn't I mention yeah. that already? Yeah, I did. Didn't <laughs> like I? three times. <laughs> you do hook up with sketchy men sometimes. I do, and so this was like probably like the least sketchiest man. I do want to say we should clarify in this podcast. Could we talk about how you're like the men you hook up with are trash often? True. Your current partner is not any of those. Like <laughs> I feel like we drag the men you sleep with I so many love times. That. <laughs> that we should we should go on the record to be like your partner is not a greasy disgusting <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> useless like man <laughs> so if you're listening i love how we have to like clarify yeah that. no it's like, yeah no no, no he's absolutely. the he's the one exception yeah that's very true <laughs> well i mean that and like the person that i'm describing um in the house it was like oh, so God. there's two there's two that showered yeah um and the other person was i believe a priest of a very open denomination but no longer practiced at that thing but i just wanted i just wanted to say that i slept with somebody that was like a priest that's fair he was a father so he had children children. yeah oh interesting so Um, he was a daddy yeah a literal daddy and Mm. so a lot of the sexual partners i've had have only come out even after they've had children. That's interesting. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever had that. Fair. Well, I mean, then again, I'm also... I feel I feel like my partners skew a little older than I am. Again, to clarify, your current your current partner is not... <laughs> not. Is not a gross old man with, like, 20 children. <laughs> <laughs> we should have him on the podcast just to, like, defend himself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just one, yeah. Yeah, just, like, here's all the things he's not. It, it's like that who wants to have a billionaire, like, theme song in the background while yeah. he just, like, defends himself. Yeah. <laughs> like, first of all, I shower. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Second of all, I don't have any children. Yeah. Third of all, he's been gay for quite a while. Yeah, that's true. And... Uh, we've kind of, like, edged the subject in terms mm. of, like, queerness and... We, we've talked about a little bit about how it's kind of like shaped our experiences as queer people but like what else can you give me in terms of like the history and like kind of like fully combining those two subjects together of like religion and queerness yeah I think so for all of his many faults and there are many um, one thing that I liked about Pete Buttigieg's campaign which is gonna Whoa, seem like a weird loaded sentence <laughs> I know um, is that he he was very upfront about being like gay and religious and like definitely not progressive but at least like liberal like mm-hmm. capital L liberal um, and I think there is value in reclaiming like there is a really strong tradition of religious activism civil rights like voting rights um, labor organizing even the sanctuary movement there are lots of really strong like progressive religious groups um, including some that are like explicitly religious that welcome queer people. But what I also think is is fun is the way that queer people not only like work within traditional religious structures, which is what you know Mayor Pete ugh, is doing, um, <laughs> but also it's it's the way that um, queer people can then remix and like reinvent and reimagine religion. Um, which is like a side note, we do that with everything all the time. Exactly. So it's great that we can do that with something that's so rooted in traditionalism for good yeah i think so like and i what i love about that is like you know the way that like queer people approach things like the camp aesthetic or whatever is to take something strip it away of like all the ridiculousness and like highlight that ridiculousness and so one of my like favorite queer religious groups is the sisters of perpetual indulgence they're fabulous if you don't know about them honestly google them one of my favorite things about them is they have on their website this whole like history section and it's so clearly like 
like so much of what they do, it's ridiculous in that some of it's probably true, but they make some like ridiculous claims that may or may not be true. One of my favorites is they claim to be on. So they went and protested the, I think this is two or three popes ago. I don't remember how many popes. Um, and, and because of this, they claim to be on like the papal, the official papal list of heresies. Like they're a heretical organization. That list does not exist. <laughs> That's a made up thing, <laughs> but they just say it enough that it becomes true. I love that. And why not? You know, who cares? Like, let let it be. Um, there's actually a whole book um, called, I have it right here, Queer Nuns, um, by Melissa Wilcox, who's a scholar of religion. Um, and her question, I guess, going into it is like, one, what are they doing? What are these ridiculous, you know, men in dresses doing? And then two, like, is this a religious thing? Um, and so she defines it as, I think the word she uses is serious camp. It's like, it is camp, it is ridiculous, but they are also doing something serious and something really important. So their main ministry or their main work is fundraising and like raising awareness and um, providing education. So like they produced one of the first accessible safe sex posters in like the early days of the AIDS epidemic, 1982. So this is barely, you know, months, maybe a year into like people even understanding that AIDS is a thing. Like mm-hmm. I don't, like there were no, there was no information essentially. And they, the sisters, of, the sisters of perpetual indulgence who had only been around for a few years at this point, took it upon themselves to write a pamphlet saying like, here's how you can safely have sex and like keep your risks low and like respect your partners in a time when like no one knew what was going on. Like yeah. this is the time when people, very smart people in charge of things thought poppers were causing AIDS. And the sisters took it upon themselves to put something together that would say like, here's, we know you're gonna be having sex, here's how to do it safely. I think they're just a, there's a fabulous example of queer people taking iconography and images and ideas from the straight world that are often used against us and like turning it into something positive and also in the process doing what that thing claims to do all along. Yeah. These these religious organizations are claiming to be serving the community. So, all right, we're going to put on some makeup and a dress and go serve the community. Yeah. And I love that. They're so great. Yeah. I don't know. But they're not like on RuPaul's Drag Race or whatever. Right. So they're not like, they don't have the same level. They, they did start in San Francisco, I think 78, mm. um, 78 or 79. Uh, yeah, 79 on Easter Sunday, and that's still, like, their big thing every year, is they do a big Easter Sunday event, um, um, including, like, the Hunky Jesus event, which I think yes. we've gone to, haven't we? Yes, we have. Yeah. For our uh, listeners, what is Hunky Jesus? Okay, so Hunky Jesus, every Easter Sunday, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence put on this big event that's usually in Dolores Park, um, and there's, like, events for kids and families. Like, it genuinely is, you know, a big event for the whole family. One section of it is the Hunky Jesus contest. So there's a Hunky Jesus and a Foxy Mary contest, and it's Basically, there's people, usually they come as, like, a character. So I'm, like, you know, Disco Jesus, or I'm, you know, whatever, Superman Jesus. And then you, it's ridiculous, it's camp. And then you go up on stage, and people, like, applaud for you and cheer for you. And then whoever wins is named that year as, like, Hunky Jesus or Foxy Mary. So that's the Hunky Jesus contest. And it's, like, it's one of those pure San Francisco ridiculous yes. things that I think make living here so magical. Absolutely. What city, what other city in the world has an event where, like, children are searching for Easter eggs while half-naked men are parading on a stage? I just want to emphasize here that, like, it sounds like such a stupid high school concept, but literally you walk down the street and you'd be like, are you going to Hunky Jesus? Are you going to Hunky Jesus? It sounds, and it is silly, but it's, Mm -hmm. like, it's something that has such a important legacy to it that we take it seriously because it's both silly and, Mm -hmm. like a new form of like 
I don't want to say religious, but it's like a different, very San Francisco tradition. Mm-hmm. You know I what think, I mean? Yeah, it is. It is. It is in a sense its own religion. Like they don't have their own dogma or whatever, but they do. They take themselves seriously, but not. Oh god, I hate that phrase. Seriously, but not literally. Yeah. Okay. Um, like they do. They are a genuine organization, and like Hunky Jesus, it's a fun event, and it's also a huge fundraiser that yeah, exactly. raises you know tens of thousands of dollars for. AIDS organizations, for, like, organizations that are serving our community and others. Like, they give out, you know, tens of thousands of dollars every year. One of the, um, on their website, one of the ones that I I loved as I was scrolling through um, was this one. It was called Wigga, I think, where they get old wigs from drag queens and, like, rehab them and then give them to people who are going through chemo and losing their hair. And so it's a way of, like, all right, we have this resource and we have this need. Let's just connect them. Who else would think to do that? Right. That never occurred to me. That's fantastic. And we're both bald. We should be thinking about this. Exactly. Thank you. (laughs) Where's our wigs? Uh, (laughs) It's just our wigs are perpetually snatched. That's why. That's what it is. Like our our bodies. (laughs) They're not. (laughs) It is that mutual aid that I think is the good element of religion, but also doesn't need the dogma. Like you can also, you can just be kind to people. Absolutely. So when I'm moving to crunch time, because for this week, the question... I think we should explore is what things are religious but secretly gay. Love it. Church bands. Ooh, that's a good one. I feel like so. Yeah. And I guess there's another question: Were you ever in a church band? Yeah, I was. Same. So I I played the drums in the church band. I don't know if they're necessarily gay because I feel like, well, performance is gay. I don't know. What do you? What's your take? So what did you play in the church band? I Saxophone? my brother and I would um, trade off. Um, so he would play either piano, guitar, or bass guitar, and I would only play piano or bass guitar. And by far, our favorite was piano. And sometimes we would like fight over who got to play piano that week. I don't know. Like I'm thinking about church bands, and I'm like I'm thinking about like all the like straights that mm. like use it as an opportunity to be rock stars. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's kind of like. It's, Which I feel like makes it gay then. People like living out a failed fantasy. There you go. That's where failed it is. fantasies Fetch. are gay. See, I, 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 yeah. I, I pause. I posed this question, thinking that we would both agree that it was a straight thing. But now that you said that, it's yeah. gay. Um, okay, next one, communion. Oh, that's one of mine. No. In your denomination, tell me what communion is, because I know for different denominations, the way that yeah, you carry out communion is different. So tell me what it is for you. So for us, it was like they pass on a plate which has like these little wafers on it, and then you just pick up a wafer. But they were like all you know little pieces. I would try and get like a big chunk because like sometimes lunch wouldn't come sometimes. for a long time. Yeah, thank you. And I'm what time was service for you? So service, I think church would start at 9 or 10. Okay. And then, I think probably 10 on a Sunday morning. And then we would get out, in theory, 11.30 in practice. I don't know, 12.31. And yeah. like, you know, I'm a, I'm a young, growing homosexual. I have yeah. needs. Thank you. So, um, yeah, I would try and get like the big chunk. Because there would always be at least a few <laughs> big chunks. <laughs> God. <laughs> I was just hungry. Same. So here's my argument for communion being gay. One, come. That's that's the whole argument. Come union. Yeah, come union. Coming in union. <laughs> there is actually. <laughs> is there a porn called Come Union? There's a sex party called Communion. Oh my god! I haven't gone, yes. or have I? Um, I haven't. Um, so come, gay. Two, you're eating the body of Christ. Eating the body of another man. Gay. 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 Communion in my. I. I. This is my TED talk, and therefore communion is gay. I love it. So for us, service was. Um, it was like. It used to be like 10, 10.30. Like it would like go later and later every couple of years for some reason, and it would like shift. 
But it was really funny because it was right next to like a mall. So it's like sometimes if I got hungry, I would just leave service. <laughs> just like go eat at the food court. <laughs> You're just having your Panda <laughs> Express in the middle of the service. <laughs> but that being said, uh, our communion was pretty much the same. Like it was like once a month, we would have a big loaf of like soft bread. Everybody would like take a piece and pass it on. Sometimes the bread would already be chopped up into cubes for us and we would just like take it. I guess that's more sanitary. Yeah. And then we would have our like little um little cups of grape juice yes yeah. so i don't know if it was grape juice or like what it's probably grape juice um it was definitely grape juice but like i loved like the moment of like okay now you can eat the body of christ and mm-hmm. it was like and it's like yeah. it was like i loved the ritual mm-hmm. of like i don't know why it's just like it kind of reminds me of like um there's something like witchy about it do we crave rituals maybe it's just that there's something genuinely very powerful and like deeply moving around a group of people doing something together simultaneously that is yeah. just so moving. I mean, maybe there's some, like, deeply innate human need to just, like, do things together. Yeah. Maybe that's what this episode's really all about. It's just togetherness. Yeah. It's the togetherness episode. Yeah, both, like, in a negative and positive way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I, I agree with you. Um, communion. Gay. Very gay. Very Come gay. On. Come on now. My turn next? Mm-hmm. Okay. The three wise men. <sighs> I mean, on the one hand, like, three men, three friends traveling together, like, to foreign lands. Yeah. Who are bringing gold. Yeah. Uh, perfume. And... Whatever myrrh is. <laughs> Murder. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, that feels gay. <laughs> like, going a long distance to see, like, a superstar child. Gay. Oh, my God. It was that, a meet and greet. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> the three wise men were a meet and greet to see Jesus. Those, that was, those weren't gifts. Those were their <laughs> VIP passes. <laughs> In in my mind, they're gay. Uh, what's next on yours? The Easter Bunny. Ooh. What are you, what are your arguments for it being gay? Like nothing immediately pops into mind aside from like the costumes. Part of me thinks that the Easter Bunny is straight because, or is it gay for this reason? Because you're encouraged to kind of like find something that's hidden. Okay. And they're colorful. It's a metaphor. They're, col- they're colorful. So it's like you're you're encouraged to like, you know, dig deep. Okay, first of all, I have to say that like sometimes when you're like hiding like chocolate eggs and stuff, that gives me anxiety because if you never find them, the ants will get them. They're going to melt. Or a dog. Or a dog. Thank yeah. you. This gave me such anxiety when I was growing up. I'm like, if I ever did this, I would need to like record every location yeah, where like I hid. Yeah, you Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, so <laughs> Easter Bunny is straight because it's cruel to animals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, I love this. I'm discovering things about myself. Yeah. I guess it's like, yeah, gay and straight? I don't know. It's queer and questioning. There you it, go. Yeah. Q and Q. Yeah, exactly. I think, yeah, Easter Bunny is, is curious. There you go. He'll dabble. <laughs> I feel like he's kinky, though, because he's a furry. Uh, okay, next on my list, baptism. Because of the pageantry, absolutely. Yeah. You're going to dip your child in a pool of water? It's just a watery coming water. out. Yeah. Thank you. That's all it is. I love the stories. Like, I don't know if they actually happen, but it's like the stories of like a child vomiting or like peeing on the breeze. It's like good rejecting (laughs) the Baptist. (laughs) The demons coming out. Exactly. Oh, I love it. Have you been baptized? Yes. Me too. Oh, well, see, there's the different thing. I wasn't actually baptized as a child. I was baptized when I was like 13. So you're going to hell. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I feel like it's gay in the sense that you like go underwater and come out like this brand new person. Right. That's gay. (gasps) Okay, so I, I, I have very I have some regrets in my life, and here's one of them. 
I regret like not being baptized and then like, coming back for above the water and like having a wig on my head. <laughs> <And> it's, <laughs> it's just a new like I'm reborn. <laughs> it's just I, like me with like blonde hair. I would love that. Can we go back? Let's just go to church. <laughs> <laughs> Only for that moment. Yeah. So what's next on your list? So next on my list, this is a kind of a cheat one because it's related to the previous, but Easter eggs. Ooh. Um, I feel like there's cute little treats. Anything like small and cute feels like at least, you know, curious. Put them up your ass. There you go. I just pictured what kinds of Easter eggs and some don't really work. Yeah. Let's let's take a step back. Um, I don't know. I'm I I think there's there's strong gay potential, but I'm not convinced they're necessarily gay out of the box. Okay. What, do you have like arguments for or against? I think just dyeing them. That's oh, it. you mean that's... like like actual like chicken? I was imagining the, the plastic like boop boop pop them open. Oh, that too. That oh, too. Eggs that you dye are gay. Yeah. Eggs that you dye are gay, but I also feel like growing up learning about that like incredibly wasteful. Oh yeah. Would you ever eat them after? No, we right? would. We were poor. Yeah, oh, yeah, fair. That's that's protein, Mama. I also don't really like hard boiled eggs. I do. Uh, okay, one more for me. I, I have two more left on my okay. list. Being judgmental. Okay. If, yeah. Please. All right, moving on. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. I feel like that's how a lot of gay men learn to be judgmental is yeah. through like church moms. Yes. Like specifically church moms. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. Um, okay, the next one for me is church potlucks. Um, okay, so I want to just like... No, because eating is straight. <laughs> <laughs> That's a shitty one. No, I feel like they are gay in the sense that, like, there's so much, like, politics that goes into a church potluck. Yeah. Like, oh... Who I, brings what? Whose potato salad are you going to eat? <sighs> yeah. Oh, you ate her potato salad, but you didn't like mine? You're not coming over for a Bible study then. Hmm. Totally. Like, I feel like there is a lot of, like, backhanded shenanigans or... Or it's like who has the like whose dish is like completely full by the end of the potluck and yeah. who's empty. That's a big that's a big thing. Or it's the like there's lots of leftovers. Do you want some? Because you're poor. Yeah, there's a lot of. I feel like that that aspect like the eating is straight. Everything else about the church potluck is gay. See, the funny thing about Filipinos, or at least like the ones that I interacted with, is like we don't even care about like the passive offer to us. It's like. As long as we get first dibs on taking the leftovers, we're totally fine. Yeah. <laughs> we're just like, oh, well, I'll take the rest of that, like, frozen lasagna that you just heated up 30 minutes ago. Yeah, exactly. I'm fully into that. Um, so I only have one more. Dressing to be seen. Oh, abs- okay. Uh, absolutely gay. Yeah. Um, I agree. You remember in high- how, like, high school it was, like, you would go to the mall and that was, like... That was your weekend. Like, that mm-hmm. was your fantasy. So for me, like, I was, like, feeling, you know, cute. And I bought this one shirt. And I was like, I'm going to wear this to church tomorrow. Mm. And, like, I'm going to sit in the front row. <laughs> I'm going to sit in the front row. And I, I sat in the front row. And then my aunt, like, during during the fucking service, she, like, walks up to me during the service and is like, the price sticker's on your back. And she, like, peels it off. Oh, no. And then she walks back to her seat. I'm like... Wow. Ruined your moment. <laughs> ruined my... I mean, she probably made it better, but also, like, you don't have to point it out. Yeah. Bitch, I'm $10. <laughs> that is... I love that I, shade. That though. is so funny. I want, I love that. Is she gay now? She's gay culture. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel like mean women and, like, sexually empowered women are gay culture. Thank you. That's sold. There we go. So, yeah, I think 
dressing to be seen as gay. Yeah. Creating an outfit specifically to like say to other people, I'm better than you. Gay. Absolutely. 100% gay. And I, I miss doing that. The thing about the Castro is sometimes I feel like a particularly kind of sexy where I want to like be skimpy and show mm-hmm. a lot of skin. But like there's something different about like going to church and or like these formal events where you're like, I am the tea right now. Yeah. I'm wearing the most beautiful. Eleganza. Eleganza mm-hmm. moment. And I really want to do that. Yeah. Okay, so what we've discovered is religion's gay. Yes. And <laughs> glad, we, glad we came to that Can't conclusion. Begin, yeah, yeah, exactly. So chips on the table. What's something that's bringing you joy this week? Yeah, so um, a couple of things. I really like how we've moved into, like, airy season, false spring. Um, and by false spring, I mean, like, weather is, like, getting warmer. But, mm-hmm. like, it just gets blown away by, like, all the winds. The San Francisco Berry winds. Uh, but I'm glad that we're seeing a lot more warmer weather. Um, it makes the workouts, um, the daily workouts, a lot more fun and happy. Mm-hmm. But um, another thing that I thought of this week, um, because of daylight saving time, the sun shines in a particular way where it shines directly into the window of my bathroom where it, like, illuminates the toilet. Ooh. And I, it's so funny every time, like, I go into my bathroom and it's that time of day and it's just like the lights aren't on but the light is like shining the toilet and like as if it's like under a spotlight and I find it so funny and then you poop on it <laughs> yeah okay that's it's cute like, ah. oh I like that yeah it's small things <laughs> all the small things all... <laughs> is that blink, blink 182 yeah. yeah we should make a band just blink 183 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're one better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think. What about for, you? I was recently reintroduced, partly through our podcast, but also through other reasons, to Sex in the City, and so I'm. I think I'm halfway through season one, so no spoilers. You're watching it without me. I'm sorry. Should I? Should I have waited? <laughs> we already watched too many things together. That's, yeah. Very and by that I mean Drag Race. Drag Race. Yeah. <laughs> Which there are like what 46 seasons oh going on right God. now. This it's, season is dragging on. I'm not complaining because if what else we, we were, were if we were yeah exactly we were an off season where yeah. it was. Nothing. We would have been complaining about the opposite. Exactly. Yeah, go ahead. But yeah. Anyway, I'm I'm starting to watch Sex and the City for the first time, um, and it is very dated and very much like problematic in many many ways. Yes. But it also just it is a good show. It's delightful. It's campy. It's ridiculous. There's tons of one liners, and I'm like taking notes to be clever at a future date. But um, yeah, I'm I'm enjoying that. I'm enjoying Sex and the City. Does it have this kind of like? metropolitan like urban homosexual charm to it does that make sense you know what i mean like do you feel that like moment when you're watching it of like i could have a cosmo yeah i think so i it i so i'm usually watching it while working out which which is the opposite of having cosmo um but yeah there is something that yeah it's very cosmopolitan it's very just like fast-paced boo 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 yeah it's very just like you know young women in the city yeah it's like if friends if friends were good yeah fair yeah Yeah, um, on that note just like as a quick add-on um i've also started watching um i think it's called yo soy betty la fea Mm -hmm. which is the original the original ugly betty which takes in colombia in colombia yeah Yeah. absolutely and um, i've been doing it watching it with my partner because um it's just I've, like we watch it with uh, Spanish subtitles, and I'm just mm-hmm. writing all the words down that I don't know, and I learn them later. Um, and then Faya I... means ugly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it is, and then I watched the first episode. So I watched the first couple episodes of that, and then I watched the first episode of um, Ugly Betty. Mm-hmm. But like, there's just like certain 
aesthetic of like the devil wears prada of like not fitting in somewhere but being in an urban environment and then you kind of like bend the environment to like fit mm-hmm. you or like you bend yourself to like fit the environment and then you learn that like your inner beauty was all the tea all along talking about emily in paris <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of golden like, globe nominated we're, emily oh, in paris God. or what was it golden i don't know something something golden something shower oh <laughs> i'd piss on that <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't finished it actually. I think what? I, I got like three or four episodes I, away from the finale. That's kind of like, like secret petty, and I love that. I mean, you don't need to finish it because it's like it's a very like it's predictable in a way that's like not. I can guess glamorous. the ending, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it's 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 not like Devil Wears Prada glamorous, where it's like there's a moment of like kind of like a homosexual tragedy that we can relate to. Mm-hmm. It felt like something to watch to like kill time yeah and i haven't needed to kill time i mean i'm sure there will there will again I've, I've just been like busy lately that that's another thing to talk about why is emily in paris not gay it's not gay right but it just gonna exude gay energy to me yeah maybe because she's not i don't want to be her yeah like i feel like that's a for any show that's about a woman that is gay culture it's like you see some aspect of yourself in her yes and she's just like i don't desire her thank you okay that Hot take. Well, we'll explore this later. Yeah. But like, Devil Wears Prada's gay. Ugly Betty's gay. I Emily like Paris is not gay. Devil Wears Prada is double gay because you want to be like, obviously Miranda you want to be Miranda Priestly. Yes. But then you also kind of want to be like, um, what's her character's name? Andy? Um, and, and, um, is it? And Andrea. Andrea. Andy. Yeah. Um, Anne Hathaway. Yeah, Anne Hathaway. Andrea Hathaway. That- <laughs> <laughs> like, wow. you kind of want to be, and also the mean assistant. You want yeah. to be all the women. <laughs> yes. And yes. Like Gucci. <laughs> but like, yeah. Oh my god. And but the French Emily in Paris is not gay. Yeah, because okay, I don't want to be here. That's the tea. Okay. Yeah. I think that's. So we went from like religion <laughs> to Emily in Paris. To queer religion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Anyway, so thank you so much for listening. I hope this was interesting and helpful as you ponder your religious journey. We will see you all in hell. Can't wait. <laughs> See you there. Yeah. In the meantime, make sure to like and subscribe. We are on Instagram and Twitter at Two Midnight Snacks. The number is not the letter. Um, we are on all the streaming apps. Make sure to invite your friends this week and every week for our punny gay slumber party that you will never have. <laughs> is that it, right? <laughs> that you never had, but wish you did. Never had, but wish you did. And um, I don't know why I had like the convict the convictions word. I don't know why I had to be like, have a safe Easter. This will go out after Easter. <laughs> right. So it's like, have a safe Thursday. Have a, yeah, have a good time, y'all. Have a good time. Have a good April. Have a yabba dabba new time. <laughs> Outro music. Outro music. <laughs>